Hello, racing fans. Welcome back to another episode of First Over with Edison Hatter. Edison Hatter back this week. As always, thankful to Mike Provosi for hosting the last couple of weeks, and uh, we've gotten some great interviews there with a ty- driver Tyler Jones a couple weeks back, and just last week hearing from trainer Nick Colucci. So, uh, gotten great opportunity to hear from some of the horsemen up at Woodby Mohawk Park. That's something we hope to continue in the future, but. This week, it's just me and the great Garnett Barnesdale, who hopefully has some good insight for us. Garnett, welcome. Wow, that's quite the introduction. Glad Hatter, Happy New Year. How are you doing? Hey, pretty good. It's It's been a while since we last chatted, Garnett. Um, well, I guess we both uh, aren't quite seeing what we want to see in the NFL playoffs. Um, I am lucky to have good uh, colleagues in the Meadowlands that give me the heads up to turn away from the TV anytime they're ready to show that uh, great Tyler Huntley play. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that was... Uh backbreaking and uh well for you at least there in person through the snow last week at least it was a little more painless of a loss for you i guess no no not really you know it, it was painful in that um it just felt so hopeless the whole game like they first of all and, and i could get blasted for this but i kind of hate deferring in, in a game like that you know what you're the home team you're you're the favorite. You've been you've been the fav- you've been the Super Bowl favorite most of the year. Take the damn ball and go score. I hate deferring. If they defer, Cincinnati scores. Bills go three and out. Cincinnati scores again. Game over. We might as well went home. And I hear my son saying, "Oh my God!" in the background because he's this big analytics geek kid that thinks you should always defer. But uh, you know, in some cases, I think you should take the ball. Well, you know what, you know, Garnett, we're going to discuss, uh, you know, the the playoffs in general right now. We'll get into some specific Super Bowl discussion later, but you know, if we can get a bet on deferring or, or receiving the ball in the Super Bowl, here's my question for the Eagles: The Eagles haven't won a coin toss yet this playoff, but they've been gifted the ball each time via deferment, and they've scored both times off of the opening, you know, off of the first possession. So, if they win the Super Bowl coin toss, would they take the ball? You know, maybe. Um... And there was one. There was also an interesting uh, thing which I didn't realize until I've already made all my first touchdown bets in the Bills game. Um, that actually the first Bills game against Cincinnati, where where the, that Hamlin incident occurred, Cincinnati had been taking the ball um, when they won coin tosses, which they did that night. And Buffalo always defers. So when I saw that, I'm like, you know what? It wasn't really smart to bet Buffalo to get the first touchdown because I'm not getting the first possession no matter what happens, right? So, I mean, these are some of the things. Um, some of the things you got to watch when you're when you're making uh, wagers on on football games, which I wasn't, and then I realized I might be cooked, which I was, because Cincinnati scored on the opening drive that night. Well, Garnett, I already uh, hinted it to you, but I tell you, my two favorite bets of the past weekend. Now, this is a pure analytics play that all my colleagues in the Meadowlands, I must have driven everybody nuts, telling everybody I know that this is the bet of the weekend. The Eagles to call the first timeout against the 49ers. Look, the analytics are very clear that the Eagles. Take the top, first time out of really high percentage of the time, and Nick Sirianni especially seems to just happen to do it. And you were given minus one fifteen, minus one fifteen odds either way you wanted. So it seemed like a good bet. And ironically, Garnett, the way that game ended up shaking out, Sirianni took a timeout at the end of the first quarter, and that was actually the only timeout taken the whole game. That's wow. There was only one timeout taken in the whole game. The one that you cashed on. Well, remember, that was a pretty boring game in the second half and towards the oh, end. Well, that's well, right. Let's go to the end of the first half. End of the first half, 7-7, Eagles score. Niners turn it over. Eagles score without having to take a timeout. Then the Niners knee and call it halftime. And then the end yeah. of the second half, of course, the way that game was, it was never going to be a timeout unless somebody just needed one for something. So, Yeah, and it was, you know, it was really unfortunate that um, 
Purdy went down because San Fran couldn't throw the ball. And, and then once the Josh Johnson, the the Bills legend who was who played on the Bills and uh, and uh, several other teams, and I just got beat a nose in this pick four at Woodbine with the horse was tenth and buried at the top of the stretch, lost by a nose. But you don't care about that. Um, you know, one other thing. Sorry, I'm jumping all over the place here, but. Uh, in week, I forget what week it was, but it was December 10th, so it had to be pretty late in the season. I got in my head that San Francisco was looking really good, and I made a pretty good bet on them to uh, win the Super Bowl at, at nine to one, 225 bucks at nine to one, right? Um, so I'm watching this game, and uh, Purdy's already out, questionable to return. And then on one of the plays uh, in the first quarter, the game was seven all. I see Nick Bosa kneeling on the sideline, potentially going out of the game. So I jumped in and and found the cash out and it was, it was actually on 225 bucks. So I got, I, I hit it right away. I'm like, these guys have no chance right now. Right. And I, and I got my money back and I'm not a big person for cashing out because let's be honest, there's a reason why they put that in there. And I think it benefits them more often than you, but in cases like this, I think it was, it was a smart move and I ended, ended up getting my money back. Yeah, you know, I probably, you know, it's a great question, actually. You make a great point that obviously the early cash out features exist for a reason. And if it's, you know, screwing the books, I don't think they'd be leaving it there. But um, I'll admit, I'm usually someone that will get kind of scared pretty easily and take advantage of that option. And in my head, at least, what I like to use it most often is is whenever I feel like I can get my money back, but I feel like I'm hopeless. So basically, the spot you did, and I think it's a fair point, you know, I want at least my money back. And in this case, you even made five bucks then, I guess. And when it's least, in, in your head at least, pretty clear that I have no chance in this game. Yeah, I think that's the time to do it. Not just because it's a close game and you you get scared. Because um, I, from what I've noticed over the long run, um, you're going to win win those bets more often than you lose. So you're you're just giving handing the money back over the long run. You got to always think about the long run if you're betting. If you're a frequent better, right? But if you're just a casual better that bets a few times a year and you want to take a profit, you know it's a free country. Well, Garnett, that so the first bet was the Eagles timeout. So then I made a good bit of money because that was my big bet of the weekend was that Eagles timeout. And then, of course, I was trying to figure out what action I wanted on the late game. I happened to be sitting at dinner after um, our Meadowlands Sunday races with uh, some of my Meadowlands colleagues, actually, some of our TV department over in the mall right there by the Meadowlands and said, I don't know. I need some action here on something. So I decided, you know what? Let's go for the good old exact score bet. Let's go Chiefs 23, Bengals 20. And it's funny. I saw one of the... Analysts on CBS, of course, say the exact opposite, 23-20 Bengals. I was like, oh. And I even was very confident saying for the game, oh, what a shame. He's so close, but he's just got the teams backwards there. So, And then, of course, I got all the texts at the end of the game from those colleagues at dinner. So that there is my bet of the week, Garnett. And that, that's where I'll uh, – that, that, that's that's the classic. A blind squirrel finds us uh, not once in a while. I like that. I, I, look, I like bets like that. I make them every once in a while. It's not an uh, unusual number that you picked, and uh, that's that's fantastic. Did you see the guy? Uh, it's it's circulating on social media that made two hundred and twenty five dollar bets preseason. One of them is KC over Philly, the other one Philly over KC, and they both pay like nineteen and twenty grand. I did see that. That that's going to be a very pleasant little Super Bowl watch. And it's funny. I don't know about you, but when I first saw it, the degenerate gambler in my head was like, "Huh? Can I get both of those to cash out somehow? Is there a possibility? Is there a?" Is there a tie option? Is there a <laughs> you know, games canceled push? You win both? Like, what are the choices? You know what I had that I thought was looking pretty good? And some of them were made with free bets um, earlier in the year. I had the Bills over San Francisco and San Francisco over the Bills, and either one would have got me 4000 So if they just met in the Super Bowl, like this guy's tickets, um, but it wasn't to be. And, and, of course, one of those bets was a straight one on San Fran, which I cashed out, but it uh, wasn't to be. 
Well, we do get, as you alluded to there, the Eagles-Chiefs uh, Super Bowl matchup, which we'll get to that and some bets for that game, some prop bets. But uh, first, we're going to start with some Whip by Mohawk action. But before we get to that, Garnett, one last thing that I'm sure you saw is I think I saw you comment on Facebook about it. But, oh, I've got to say, the, the Orlando Magic fan in me, <laughs> for the first time since February 11th, 2015, I've watched the Magic lose nine straight games. And I have finally watched them get a win this past Monday in Philly. And not only a win. A 21-point first-half comeback win. Yeah, that must have been fun. You had good seats, too. I almost pulled the trigger on on DraftKings uh, earlier in the week, several days in a row, had an offer. You could bet up to $100 on a money line on either side, and if you got up by 10, you you got paid out immediately, which uh, I made a bet the next night, and I won like in the first first quarter of the game at plus 120. I don't remember the team, but... Uh, I would have thought it was hopeless, but they they would you know they were three to one. <laughs> I wish I made that bet. But that must have been a really fun game to be at. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, when I was younger, I feel like I used to believe in like going to a lot of games, especially basketball that I love so much, and just kind of you know get wherever tickets. But nowadays, I believe in going to like probably an average of about one point two five games per year, and just get courtside tickets right beside Magic Bench, and it's a great spot to watch a game. And uh, yeah, no, it was a a great win, and um, yeah, it's always good to see them and it's ironic it's been a couple years now just via work schedule and busy with this that because I've last seen this team and I was looking back to my most recent photo from a game which was like in DC a couple years ago and I've got this great photo of DJ Augustine Evan Fournier and um Aaron Gordon as Augustine shooting a free throw and that's when I remembered that's right none of the three of them are with us anymore (laughs) and it's been like two years since that game wow I don't really like the the Sixers much either so that would have been fun to see yeah, me either. I was surrounded by Sixers fans that were way too loud for the first, uh, you know, hour and a half of that game. So uh, they were pretty quiet towards the end there. But, you know, you know, sometimes I'll feel bad and be worried that, like, you know, I'm going to get beat up with all my, like, Orlando stuff on, like, in a Philadelphia city like that. But, Garnett, I'm sure you can probably predict this, but, you know, five seconds outside the arena, you could literally see that whole city go from, wow, we lost. And they look over, and Then they looked over and saw the finan- Lincoln Financial Field and just started singing Fly Eagles Fly in unison. So nobody cared. Yeah, pretty much, right? They've got bigger events on their horizon. But, uh, hey, so do we to discuss, Garnett. We've got this early pick five Saturday at Mohawk. $100,000 guarantee pool, as always. It's going to be races one through five. Uh, we both failed to find us. Well, you, I found one single. You failed to find a single in the sequence. But I, I spread pretty deep in this first couple. I thought it was a tricky sequence for this coming Saturday, Garnett. Yeah, me too. And that's probably why I couldn't find a single. Now, I know for us at the Meadowlands and in New Jersey, it's freehold as well. We are anticipating some cold weather and some wind that may affect the racing this weekend. Um, I guess potentially in the form of a cancellation. I don't think that's particularly likely, though. But it definitely could, depending on how the winds develop, of course, affect the racing on the track. Garnett, are you looking at similar conditions up there? I haven't really looked uh, that far ahead. I'm not sure, to be honest. All right, then I, I will hunt on searching that up while we have uh, a minute here. But we'll get started into it, Garnett. We'll let you go first here with race one. Phillies and Mayors, not one is a 14,000 in their last five. It's on the pace, and we have a field of nine here to uh, kick it off. And you will go 3D? I went three deep, and I'm not using the morning line choice, J.K. Rollins' baby, uh, mostly because she had clear sailing in the lane last week coming out of the three-hole in the top of the stretch. And uh, – she couldn't get there. So I'm not sure what trip she's going to get from a wide post. One other thing you want to keep, uh, betters want to keep a really close eye on Saturday night is the two best drivers at this track, um, James McDonald and Doug McNair, are not there because they're at the O'Brien Awards. 
And um, last time James took uh, James went for on a mini vacation somewhere a, a couple of weeks ago, and Louis won five one of those nights. Louis Wa, so something to watch out for. But anyways, I start out with number three, Ahoy. She was uh, trapped in the pocket for most of the stretch drive last week. She clearly would have been a lot closer uh, than she was if she finished fifth, if she found room. So I'm giving her the nod, hoping to get a good price. Uh, number two, Miss Rocket Dally. I don't think you can leave out. She's right there every week. Austin Story's been a good partner for her, so she's the second one I'm using. And then better be Donna Ann, another one that's kind of hard to discount at this level. She'll get more aggressive on the class drop for sure, and uh, I think she's in with a decent chance too. So I went two, three, and four. Uh, so I ended up using um, three here as well, Garnett. A couple different ones than you, though. Better be Donna. We agree on that one. I go to the far outside, the Parisian Blue Chip, who obviously won on the jump up to this level last time out. So I got a pretty good trip in there. Tougher outside post tonight, but so we see two back. She made up some pretty good ground from well off of the pace, albeit against easier. Um, but then I also threw in the seven, Sporty Tory, coming out of those uh, Philly and Mare preferred Sierra 6-1 to one on the morning line. Intriguing number there on her as she gets some class relief in this spot was a winner when last seen against a similar company back on December the 10th. So we'll see if she can work out the trip as well. So I will go four, seven, and nine to kick it off. And Garnett post time Friday night, two degrees feels like negative 11, 12 mile an hour winds. Oh, wow. I, I will not be there. Oh, I'm sorry. I said Friday night. So for what it's worth, I guess we're talking Saturday. I know for Saturday. us in New Jersey, tomorrow night's the bad night. So tomorrow, Friday night, those are our conditions. I guess for Saturday, we're looking a little better, though. 23 degrees, 9 mile an hour winds, partly cloudy skies. That's, that sounds a little better, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, these horses, uh, they race in just about anything. So, so Garnett, if you wake up in the middle of the night, Saturday at 4 a.m. is the time you don't want to be outside. The actual air temperature, negative 11. Yeah, I'll, I'll do my best to be inside, I think. <laughs> Well, race two we go to next. It's a non-winners of two on the pace, a field of nine, and you are too deep in here. If I was going to pick a single, which I didn't, it would have been number seven in this race, Juju Hanover. Um, he made a couple moves versus a tougher field last time and got tired late. I think he can beat these if he gets a slightly easier trip, but I also use number four, Sunshine Love. Um, he produced a big late kick last week. He was chasing a winner that was really geared down at the 8th pole, basically, or the 16th pole, and that horse was already long gone, but I like the way he finished the race. Um, if, you want to, if you wanted to get really cheap, I think you could single Juju Hanover here, but I did go 4-7 on my ticket. I ended up going 4-7 and 3. I'll throw in the 3, don't poke the bear there, who, uh, I don't know, feels like I've been chasing this horse for a while. I got the winner there, the non-winners of one uh, back on December 22nd, and it's been kind of knocking on the door here against some uh, non-winners of two company Finished third last time out in one of the series up here. So we'll give Don't Poke the Bear a chance in there too. But the three, four, seven for me as I go three deep once again. And we'll flip to race three where we go to non-winners of one on the pace. And in this field of 10, Garnett, this one I found really tricky. I ended up going four deep in here. You narrowed it down to three. I went three deep and and I and I used my top pick as my spot play on the DRF harness uh, analysis. Partially because I think he's going to get a I think you're going to get a decent price. And <clears throat> this horse, number eight, Call Me It, really caught my eye in his uh, debut race. He was um, he was not driven aggressively at all from the rail. 15 lengths back at the half. Uh, made a wide move past most of them. I mean, he ended up third. Um, but he really couldn't get any closer than that because it was kind of a two-horse breakaway up front. Then they put him right in the snowshoe series in the snow uh, at a track rated one second slow. He had the nine hole, which gave him virtually no shot. 
but he did pace his last quarter in 27 and two uh, on a track, you know, rated one second slow. So um, I, I like call me it. The other two that I'm using in here, better hold on tight was right there last week. Uh, gets off the rail. I hate the rail at this track. I think from the three hole, he should be able to get a little, get a little bit of a better start. Um, you know, he had a 27 and one kicker in his, his race. And I think the other one you got to have in here is captain's pick who, um, two starts in, uh, two seconds was, uh, was, a you know, he, he was, um, game and defeat last time. He gave away grudgingly, uh, late to, uh, catch me on the beach, who I think is in an onwards of two, either, uh, on this card or maybe Friday night's card. So I'm going three, eight, nine, but I'm hoping for the eight and I'll probably put a couple extra tickets on the eight in this race. Call me it. I used the three and the nine. I did not use the eight. The other ones I used, Garnett, were the one and the two. The uh, two, delightful feeling. You know, I thought that second qualifier looked better than the first one. Uh, you know, I never quite know what to do with first-time starters. But, you know, just because we had him on our show, I really feel like I've been giving a little bit of an elevation lately to Tyler Jones as we kind of got to hear a little bit about his driving style. And, you know, I think he does do what he can to put horses in places to try to win races. So uh, give him a chance here with this one. He's gotten to know it a little bit maybe with those the two qualifiers. And then the one cheeky play I toss in here as well, a form very good over Flamborough. Um, obviously, he comes to the big track here tonight, but I can't knock the current form, so we'll see how he takes to the bigger track. Brawls while there with the inside. So one, two, three, nine for me in that third race. We go to the fourth race, one of these uh, unique conditioned races. It's horses that have raced for a purse of 15000 or less in one of their last four starts, going for a purse of 16000 and. You know, Garnett, I'm always biased by my Meadowlands horses, but my single, got to go with Ario Hanover here. Um, I just think he's been super sharp in those last couple. I think I've used him as my best bet on a couple of nights here at the Meadowlands. Uh, the mile two back was the impressive one to me. I mean, there's horses in there that have come back to win now at the non-winners of five conditions for Meadowlands. And that night, I mean, Yannick had him revved up on the front end from post 10 and just blasted and never looked back and kicked a 26-3 and three to put them all away pretty easily so uh, i will single ario hanover but i know you're using one other garnett yeah and um do you know who the owner one eight seven six four seven two ontario is of ario hanover i do not i do it's, uh, that's adriano sorella he uh he messaged me a couple weeks ago when he bought him he likes him he bought him from burke um i think he expects him to be um better than this class for sure so yeah he, he i think he's gonna be tough to beat in here but he did miss some time right so i'm gonna use another one that's very sharp right now dr joe dr joe just got too far back last week come home at 26 flat um and the week before that he flew home to win the pop-up series so um you know if if ario hanover gets a little tired late because he's not quite sharp enough because he missed some time then maybe dr joe's the one that's going to pick up the pieces so i'm going two and three in race four Alrighty, so we will go with two, three for you. I will single the two Ario Hanover in that fourth race as we'll flip to the fifth race. Garnett, the payout leg. It's nine winners of twelve thousand in their last five. A field of ten. How will you close it out? I'm going three deep. Number seven, Legion Sealster. First, he got issued a parking ticket last week, uh, and he missed a check. So the good news about that scenario is it allows him to drop in class to a level where he was an easy winner three starts back. I think you. Absolutely must have Legion Seals throw on this ticket. Uh, the second one I'm using, Huey Jr. And also one in a similar class as this one, three starts back. I think you'll probably get a good trip racing near the front. And the third one I'm going to use is number two, South, South Beach Hanover. Took a shuffle last week, really had no chance. 
but he did re-rally, uh, I think, with a better trip. You know, if he sits a pocket or something, or even in the three-hole and gets room uh, earlier, he, he could win two. So I went 2-3-7 in race five. Similar numbers for me. I agree with the two South Beach Channel for the seven Legion Steelsters. Love class droppers in spots like this. But then the one he's in control, I thought raced a very well last week. Obviously had that pylon violation to end up being placed third. But one three back as well. And just a tough spot, two back there from an outside post. I had to take back and never could get involved. So draws inside tonight. He's in control. I'm going to give a chance here as well. So one, two, seven. For me, in the fifth and final leg, so Garnett uh, wraps up the early pick five here as we have identical $21.60 investments. A little different ticket structures, though, as you go 2-3-4 with 4-7, with 3-8-9, with 2-3, with 2-3-7. Again, that's twenty-one sixty for you. And I will go 4-7-9 with 3-4-7, with 1-2-3-9, with 2, with 1-2-7, which is another way to spend $21.00. And 60 sets. So, so look there at the early pick five sequence on the card. We have a non-winners of 25,000. The upper level condition event to discuss is the featured race, race number nine. But before we get to that, Garnett, we'll return to our football discussion to get to the specifics of uh, the coming game, which is, of course, going to be Super Bowl number 57. We have the Eagles and the Chiefs. And uh, I don't know, like, like last year when we did this, Garnett, I've I've got the old computer up here with a couple of random prop bets. But how about just the game itself first, Garnett? We've got the Eagles at like two-point favorites. And, you know, I didn't get clickbaited into reading the article, but I meant to read it. Maybe you know the answer to this. But I was told that there's twenty-one, there's 24 $10,000 bets so far in Vegas of early money, and 21 of them are on one side. I'm not sure which side that is. Do you know? No, but, I mean, is that a lot, really? I don't think so. Like, it's just... We're not $10,000 betters, but I'm sure there's plenty out there. But you know what? Forget about the game for a second. Let's talk about the most important prop of the night, the length of the national anthem, if it's going to go over or under. Isn't that, the, isn't that the most important prop? Because even before the coin flip, you could be ahead if you bet this national anthem and you win. Okay, so as someone who legitimately does usually get an opinion and usually bet such things, I see right now that the number that I just saw uh, is pick, – pick, pick them either side – over under 121 and a half. That's two minutes, one and a half seconds. That's a pretty high number. Who's doing the national yeah, anthem? They must be expecting a high yeah, number. Yeah, but you got to – listen, we got a country singer, Chris Stapleton, doing the thing. This guy's going to drag it out, right? He, might throw, oh, a couple, he okay. might throw a couple of sob stories in in the middle of it that aren't even in the song. So I, th- I think you got to go over here for a big for big money to start to start the game off with a win. Okay, so we're going over that. That's a, I mean, gosh, just from experience, that's a big number if we're going to say it's going to get to two minutes and two seconds, but uh, you might be right. So, okay, so over on the national anthem. And um, what what about the coin toss, Garnett? That's a chance to get some money. I think they said 29 to 27. It's currently in favor of the uh, tails, I believe. Do you know the over right now is minus 135 and the unders plus 105 on that song? See? It's a country singer. Uh well, if you're gonna if you hit the if you hit the national anthem, you got to get it. You got to double down on the coin toss right away. And I think you always got about heads, right? <laughs> I mean, Josh uh, Allen picked tails, and look what happened. You know, I think I always want to say tails. Well, okay, so so as a legitimate statistical analysis, the U.S. quarter is weighted fifty point three percent to the head side. <laughs> so you know, you actually do want heads in a real U.S. coin flip as a fun, useless fact. You have a stat about the weight of the coins, one of the sides of the coin. That's incredible. Well, for, see, if that's the key is though for what, U.S. What are you, quarter. a rocket scientist or something? Oh, never mind. Okay, never mind. 
See, the key is for U.S. quarter, though. So from what I've seen of the Super Bowl quarter, I've just got a theory of the Super Bowl coin for the coin toss. It always looks like the trophies on the tail side, and that always seems to be kind of, you know, filled in and kind of heavier. So yeah, yeah, I've got yeah. a theory that it might actually be slightly weighted to the tail side. You might be right. But uh, otherwise, well, you know, take your take your big 50-50 chance. But, um, you know, the bet that I did want, though, with the discussion of would the Eagles take the ball if they win the coin flip, was the Eagles to, um, you know, get the ball first to start the game. And I'm not sure if that's a specific bet. If that happens to be like a 50-50 chance, I'd want that. But if not, maybe with that in mind, maybe I want the Eagles to score first then. If, if I think in my mind that there's a pretty good chance they're getting the ball first either way. Well, my biggest prop bet, which I've already made, is first touchdown scorer, the, the Eagles tight end, Dallas Goddard. And because, first of all, I love betting tight ends with first touchdown scorers. I think you've seen how many times I've cashed on Dawson Knox at big, fairly big odds. Uh, I got 13-1 to 1 on FanDuel, and I believe the stat that I saw was that uh, over the course of this season, Kansas City ranks 31st in the league to touchdowns given allowed to tight ends. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping to see the Eagles get down to about the 7 or 8 or 10-yard line because that's where, you, the, you know, teams usually draw plays for tight ends. So I put a pretty big bet on him at 13-1 to 1 for the first score. And I think I'm going to bet – I think I can find pl- over plus 200 – uh, for him to score any time, I think I might put a, a bet down on that that could, you know, would break me even if he scores and it's not the first one. But I, I really like that one. Now, what about the Garnett? So obviously, as is pretty standard, uh, Mahomes plus one twenty, Hurts plus one thirty. Can we get creative with a possible MVP? Because the Super Bowl quarterbacks won the MVP in 50, thirty-one of fifty-six Super Bowls, so it's not a guarantee. We could look elsewhere. Yeah, um, you know, I. I guess the obvious answer would be Travis Kelsey if he has a monster game and scores a bunch of touchdowns. But what about a what about a Philadelphia wide receiver? You know they're going to probably run a lot. And Hertz, I think, only passed for 120 yards last game. But what what if he throws? What if he's uh, you know 14 for 19 and he throws three touchdowns, but they're all to Devonta Smith, for example. And um, actually, I read a stat today that, that just triggered something. I think there's there's been five wide receivers that have won the award, and I believe all five of them caught the winning touchdown pass. Uh, you know, like Santo- Santonio Holmes when he, he caught the winning touchdown pass for Pittsburgh in the final seconds of that one Super Bowl. Um, so you could potentially uh, take a wide receiver. You know, what what would the odds on Marquez Valdez Scantling be? Like he would probably be a hundred to one. What's wrong with throwing five bucks on him if it's a tight game, a low scoring game, and he catches a winning touchdown, a bomb? Who knows, right? You can get 80 to 1. Yeah, you know what? Now that I said it, I have to do it. I have to put at least <laughs> five bucks on that because I'll feel like an idiot if it happens and I didn't do it. Kelsey is actually the third choice at 11 to 1. Now, speaking of Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes, I mean, obviously, we'll let the experts and the uh, reporters do their jobs, Garnett, as we get a little bit closer. But can we ever feel like they're both, even with the two weeks off, ever going to be 100% based on the injuries, and especially for Mahomes that he clearly was struggling with through that AFC championship? No, but an, no, but an extra week is huge. Right. I mean, um, the week before he was hobbling around on one, he couldn't even hand the ball off without hopping around on one leg and they still won. So you give this guy an extra week, like Jesus, you can never discount him. But, um, you know, they are banged up a little bit. And the the other thing is, uh, they're, they're going to be gunning for him. What happens if he gets hit early in, in the ankle? Right. Who knows? But I think the extra week in this case is huge for them, especially. 
Now, here's an interesting one, Garnett. Now, I can't find the odds on this, but it says that this will be an odds put up later. I'm reading uh, covers.com for those looking for this article or whatever. Uh, will the game announcers reference the Super Bowl point spread? It's funny. You would ask this years ago. The answer is a very clear no. But today, I'm, I'm thinking yes. I'm thinking yes, too, because um, they finally got smart after decades of pretending like there was no betting and embraced it and, and they're cashing in billions, I'm sure. Um I don't know, like, how do you explain, how, how do you win? How do you define it? Do they have to physic? do they have to actually say, wow, you know, I think they're going to cover these two points. Do they have to mention the exact spread or just kind of hint at it? Because I don't know that they'll come right out and say the spread, but they might say, you know, something along the lines of, well, you know, the betters are, must be sitting on the edge of their seats about this play. It's going to decide a lot of wagers. Is that referencing this point spread? I don't know. Mm. So, that's a good point I, see my opinion is it's either early or not at all i don't think i don't think in the middle of the game I you're gonna so see too. this be like oh we need we need two points i think we're gonna be with oh hey sponsored by fanduel here's our game preview the overrunner is 49 and a half and hey look at the eagles are set, settling in as two and a half point yeah. favorites that, that's when i figured it was gonna what, come what but. are the odds for that but do you know see that's the odds i cannot find right now so when, think, when that one goes live that'll be interesting assuming it's like yes, yes no minus 110 minus 110 then i would have to think yes but yeah if you can get if you can get minus one ten, I'd bet yes. But I'm I'm guessing it'll probably open maybe one minus one fifty minus two hundred. It's it's probably more to the yes side. Um, halftime show. Now this feels like a lot. Admittedly, I don't care too much about any halftime shows. But over under nine and a half songs. That seems like a lot. Depends. The, again, define a song. What if she sings a medley and does four songs in three minutes? Yeah, it's I think only, I think that, that is four then. Songs like I don't know, man. I don't want to touch that. I think I'll probably be broke by then, considering all the bets I'm thinking about making already. All right, well, if we can at least make it to the end, Gatorade color? Uh, green, because Philadelphia's going to win, and their color's going to be green. What, what, kind of, what kind of price can I get on that? Second choice at 4-1. to one. The favorite is plus 350 on orange. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bet green. I think, they're, I think they're gonna, they're gonna, their color is going to be green purposely because they're going to want it to be green when they throw it on the coach. Well, you know, I think there's actually pretty good value there because uh, at least on this listing for DraftKings, it is yellow slash green at plus at four to one. So green for the Eagles and yellow, of course, is a pretty popular Gatorade kind of a color. So yeah, I think to get both of those for four to one is actually Chiefs pretty good have value. Some yellow in their colors, don't they? Aren't they red, white, and yellowish? There's a little yeah, bit so of yellow that's, in their that's, colors. Yeah, so that's pretty good value then for that one. Uh, I, I might have to go ten to one on none. That's kind of an interesting number. I don't know how often do we get a Super Bowl Gatorade bath. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I, I think you get a Gatorade bath after every big win. I don't know if I'd bet none. I feel like it was maybe two years. Some sometime recently though, I thought none actually was the winner, and people were discussing this. But either way, that's uh, some looks at plenty of our prop bets here, Garnett. That we will have uh, for Super Bowl Fifty Seven. And okay, so you deflected the question early. Now, now you got to answer though. Who wins the game outright? That's the important one. I like the Eagles. I think their defense might just be a little bit too good right now. And um, I think their running game is probably going to work well in their, their screen game. And um, for some of the, also some of the reasons you referenced uh, earlier that, um, you know, Kansas City is a little bit banged up. What, what happens if uh, on the first drop back, Mahomes gets hit in his ankle? You know, it could be all downhill from there. Wow, what an exactor. Mohawk just came in 20 to 1 into 60 to 1. And it only paid $661. And I didn't have it because I didn't you know, bet. Garnett, you're watching with my Mohawk tonight, so I guess I'm getting my answer already. But are you ignoring the football action going on tonight? 
I, I guess I am. The skills competition? Yeah, yeah, I'm not watching that. I'd rather watch Josh Allen play golf than than watch the skills competition. Well, that was going to be the next question, but, but hang on, Flag Football Sunday, any interest? Is anybody watching? No, absolutely not. Do, do, do you like the, I think there was some traction gaining last year for people's idea of let's have the uh, worst two teams play for the number one pick on that off week. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think that's ever going to happen, but uh so so does the loser get the pick or no i don't know oh no uh, well that's a great question i think the answer is you have to do um i think you have to win the game in this case that's right i guess ironically it probably should be the loser but in that case it'd be another really boring game so yeah. i guess you gotta lose to get into the game and win to get the pick yeah <laughs> Yeah, well, you mentioned the other thing this weekend. Yeah, how about uh, Josh Allen, uh, Pebble Beach, teeing it up this week. Uh, him, Aaron Rodgers, I saw a couple of NFL stars on the uh, broadcast this week. And, um, man, they really faced some really difficult wind conditions today. But I will say, when watching um, when watching Josh Allen swing, really all those amateurs they've got on there, from the music stars, the entertainment people, to the other sports people, they're all pretty darn good golfers. Josh Allen definitely is one of them, too. Yeah, and he said uh... – he loves golf second only to football somebody said what what are you going to do when you retire he says i'm going to play golf every day he has no interest in doing he has, i don't think he's interested in coaching or broadcast or anything he loves it man and interestingly for me because i do this occasionally because i'm just a degenerate um when i was cashing out a winning bet last earlier in the week i think my my winnings were like whatever it was it was an odd number so i i cashed out let's say the way i had 255 dollars and 18 cents so i cashed out 240 and i said you know let me just pick a golfer in this tournament and i bet 15 dollars and whatever it is on the guy who sits currently second that i've never heard of before i made this bet kurt kitayama can win me over 900 if he pulls off the win kurt kitayama um really exploded last year down in vedanta in mexico on the first weekend in may this is i your... knew you were gonna know about this i just knew i was it. gonna say this is your extremely degenerate golf better that's just out here with everything right but uh he really took john rom world number one down to the wire in that matchup down in mexico and um really played well then he's been a little inconsistent otherwise but uh, you know he seems like the kind of guy that you know should be a rightly so a long shot for never having won before obviously but uh you know there's been some talent in his game if he can put it together for a full week um i think it's possible and as he proved that week i think he's someone who can contend in tough conditions because he also contended in some tough weather events last year that i'm thinking of off the top of my head and um there's some wind some more rain some pretty ugly conditions coming the next couple of days out there in uh, southern california so that could be maybe a good guy to have well hopefully kurt's a mutter then and I also think you got the benefits of the difficulty of this week is that everybody plays three different courses the first three days, and everybody plays the main course on Sunday if you make the cut. Um, so he played, yeah, so he played the, what I would think to be the second easiest course today, probably. Maybe you could argue the easiest, but a point being, he's got another very scorable course coming up, I think tomorrow then, in the rotation, and then he's got the tough one on Saturday. So, so hopefully tomorrow you want to see him pretty far up the leaderboard because Saturday will be a tougher scoring day. If I think that's the day that he does have to go to uh spyglass Hill, which that's what the coverage I was watching this morning. Mostly was uh, Jordan Spieth and Ryan Palmer with uh, Jake Owen and the CEO of Comcast. And uh, yeah, that, that is the toughest of those three courses by far this week. <laughs> um, but Garnett, before we move on to our feature race, last thing to discuss the other big news of the week, of course, Tom Brady retires again. Can we get odds on him taking a snap next year? No, he's he's washed. He's toast. He's not coming back. He's gonna. Okay, well, at the, the very fight. least, what do you think of the 
uh, proposal by Robert Kraft to have him retire as a Patriot. I don't care. You know, I just want him to go away. He made my life miserable for 20 years. I don't, I don't want to talk about him. I don't want to see him. I don't want to know about him anymore. 33-3 and three against the Bills. You know how much, you have any idea how much I hate this guy? You know, it's funny. I always felt that way for years and years and years as I had to watch that Patriots dynasty for decades. Ironically, now I can't stand Belichick still, but oddly, I've, I've, I don't want to call it a, a like, but I, I hate the guy slightly less. And yeah, if he's going to retire, good for him. So yeah, <laughs> my hate's getting more directed to Mahomes now because I see he's going to take over and make my life miserable probably for a few decades. But um, he's also kind of annoying with that Kermit voice, and like I don't know. And his brother. I'm kind of sick of him and his brother and his wife, too. But Tom Brady, just go away. Enough. (laughs) Well, race nine, Saturday Mohawk. Last thing for us to discuss. For anybody still listening, Garnett, you know that this show has such a high demographic of Tom Brady fans and lovers. They just all turn this (laughs) off. Nobody's even listening anymore. No doubt. (laughs) Tom winners of 25,000 in the last five starts. On the pace, uh, we get a couple horses dropping out of the preferred. I like a different horse in here, but how do you see the race unfolding, Garnett? I'll tell you what, man. Um, you know, we're supposed to be on here uh, as experts telling people what we think and who's going to win races and who's got the best shot. I have no idea in this race. This is this is uh, just a – you know, when Salzburg Victor doesn't show up uh, and Woodmere Steel deal's gone and you got all these guys left who are just maybe just a little bit of cut below – this is a very, very competitive race. I have a feeling we might be on the same horse, though. Um, I went to Highland Beach Lover just because his last two trips have been really, really strong. Um, and I think you're going to get a price with him stepping up. Like, he was out the route last week and still won driving away. Granted, you know, this is this is tough. Like, I think this is... If you if you look at his form, he's jumping from eighteen thousand numbers to 18,000 numbers to 25. But you got the droppers, right? So it's almost like he's stepping into a preferred maybe a weaker preferred, but um, I went to him. But listen, I mean, uh, pretty much anybody can win this race. Sintra is going to be happy that he doesn't see Salzburg Victor on the gate because he lost to him for several weeks in a row. Two points north, you know, is going to get put into play earlier racing at this level. You got American history that comes off a 150 and four win. And I haven't even mentioned the horse that's the morning line favorite yet, who is sometime somewhere, who I really don't like as a morning time favorite or as a morning line favorite. Um, Man, I don't know. I think the only thing I can say about this race is I think you're nuts if you bet the favorite in this race because I just think it's very competitive. I think it is very competitive, but if it's the trip, I think it is. I think it's going to be one-way traffic for American history, Garnett. I think this time of the year, you get to these cold winter conditions. Look, he can't quite go as fast as he could you know, years ago with the 47s and the 46s and the 48s, but the 15-4 mile we saw last week, you look down the form line, He's a down-the-highway kind of a horse. And in this yeah. field, I think some people want to get involved early, but I think he can control on the front end in the spot. Yeah, but when you look at reasonable fractions, he'll be gone. down the form line, you see he wins with Doug McNair and loses with Fillion. Like, McNair and McDonald are so much better than a lot of these guys night in, night out. I think that's the that's the equalizer here. And if American history is going to go off at 7 or 8 to 5 with Fillion driving, I'm taking a shot to beat him. Well, I have Louis Philippe driving. Is that what your program is? <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry, I got in my program. I see Philion, but I mean he's named on a whole bunch of horses, so I must have missed that. I feel oh, yeah, better. So in the about final, his... it's Wah, but you're right. McNair has. I like definitely... him better with Wah than Philion. I think Wah will send him, and I think he carries speed a little bit better. Nothing against Silva and Philion. I mean he's a great driver, but I think at this stage McNair is just that much better, right? But um, I don't know. I mean, you pro- you could be right, especially the way you know uh, 
Speed's probably going to be holding if it's cold. I don't think closers do very well in the cold and in the wind at this track, typically in the winter, but I don't know, man. I, I think I can see this race going a few different ways. Well, like you said, then I think comes the question of price, but, you know, if you got him last week at 7-2 to two off of McNair, you saw what he could do down the road, but now all of a sudden you get all these droppers and not McNair. I feel like I should be looking at that same 7-2 to two kind of a number. I'm, I'm not sure, but, you know, who knows? You're right. Maybe so. he ends up... Could he be the favorite? I mean, I don't really love the four as the favorite in this race. Maybe more the seven, maybe Sintra more. I don't really know, honestly, which way they'll actually go. So I think a lot of this race will be determined what that batting board looks like. At yeah, I can't see sometime somewhere going off as the chalk. I, he may not even be the second choice in this race. I'm not really sure how maybe the computer. I don't know. I, I don't know how he's the morning line favorite. I don't see him going off as chalk. I think there's a better chance uh, American history will because he was the second faster last week. And like you said, he's. You know, two out of his last three starts down the road in 50 and change. Uh, people see that. But that being said, he's in tougher now. And um, I don't know that he's going to be in a clear lead at the half and three quarters like he was in those two wins with nobody challenging him. I, I doubt it. Well, either way, as you mentioned, it should be a good betting race and a good uh, featured race of the night on Saturday night at um, Woodbine Mohawk. And Garnett, before we go, sorry, did not warn you of this one, but I think you've paid close enough attention to have some opinion on this. How about race 10 at the Meadowlands on Saturday night? Uh, it was a heck of a race to make a line for, and a heck of a race I think that's going to unfold on paper. So for long shots at the inside, Mike Zetam in the claw. But then once we get past that, we have Belmont Royal, who just missed to Nandolo in that insane preferred a couple Sundays ago. Crunch time looking to rebound off of an effort uh, that was less than spectacular as he went 52-4, and four, really revved up on the front end of the half. Burnham Boy N, won well last time out for Dexter Dunn, Chris Ryder, first time North American starter, now moves up in class. The ever-classy Nicholas Beach returns off of a long layoff. And Lockenvar Art A, a millionaire and a multiple Group 1 winner down in Australia, will make his North American start, and Carbine continues to work his way back up the class ladder fresh off of a 150 flat score. So how is that for a race, Garnett? Wow, yeah. I know uh, my son uh, my son who works for Harness Link was mentioning to me today that um, about the Lockenvar Art, that's his name? Yeah, I think 5-1 uh, to one might be a little adventurous on the morning line for him. It sounds like he's getting quite some hype heading into this weekend. Yeah, he was telling me that there's quite a bit of uh, press on him, uh, especially in Harness Link, because it's it's um, based in New Zealand and Australia, right? Um, I don't know. I, I might stick with the Dexter Dunn animal there. Um, Dexter came back kind of with a flourish last week, right? So I, I might stick with him, but that's going to be a great race. I'm going to have to watch that one for sure. Yeah, I guess the question for me, at least with the Dexter Dunn horse, with Chris Ryder, is 149 last week against non-winners of 7,500. Now all of a sudden up to non-winners of 20, that's basically a winners of preferred, or basically a preferred. So do you worry too much about the class jump, or do you just kind of assume it's a horse trying to find his footing in North America and clearly he can just, you know, easy jump? Well, I think price should always be your guide, right? You should have a price in your head of what you would take considering that price jump. And one of the interesting um, phenomenons about racing is uh, – you know, he went 49 against those horses. This race here could go 50, but if he doesn't class up to them, he'll still get beat. You know, it's it's weird. Like some horses, some horses will pace their fastest miles when they're most dominant, um, as opposed to when they're in the toughest competition necessarily. Well, what I will say, Garnett, uh, heading into this race this weekend is once again, I've got Crunch Time on top, who I did like in that preferred, but as a word of caution to anybody looking to play this race or Crunch Time, even if your price looks attractive on Crunch Time, 
Watch him warm up on the track. You get the opportunity. Watch the simulcast feed because you even heard Jason Bartlett mention it in the winner's interview after that preferred a couple Sundays ago that he and everyone else pretty much noticed that crunch time didn't look good warming up. They bet him down to three to five at post time. I mean, quite honestly, I think he would have been one to five. I think people were smart enough even then to realize he didn't look good warming up and he was just uncontrollable in the front end, 26 and one opening quarter, 52 and four to the half. And that's what set up that uh, 148 and three mile from Mandolo in the middle of January at the Meadowlands on a Sunday daytime card. So, uh, I like crunch time to rebound if our price is good, but again, I definitely, definitely advise taking a look at him uh, on the track warming up, and really all of them too, because um, you know a lot of these horses. I mean, the top four choices in the morning line, who I think will be the four betting favorites, haven't gotten a whole lot of experience here in North America. They're all still kind of figuring it out. And the other choice is, of course, the ever classic Nicholas Beach, but he's been off four months, so really everyone you should pay close, close attention to on the track warming up here and. Uh, try to get a little bit of insight into the horses if you can. Yeah. And I think that's good instruction for pretty much any race, right? You should, whatever, whatever feed you can get that shows the horse on the track, you should always kind of take a look at it, especially if there's any kind of questions about previous behavior or, um, you know, gate issues or anything like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, That's definitely a good tool to use when making your finalized last bets. But uh, with that, Garnett, I think we're just about out of time here as we got into our Saturday with my Mohawk action, talked a little bit of Meadowlands in there too. And we are all prepared, I think, for the big game coming up next weekend, next to Sunday evening. Uh, Garnett, what are your Super Bowl plans? I'm supposed to be going out with some friends, but they haven't told me where yet. Um, the one of my friends said he's going to pick a pick a spot, and we're going to go out and watch the game. So, and of course, I have a few bets down. As I told you, I already got a couple down bet. So, I probably won't bet on a side. I don't bet on sides much anymore. I bet more on props than anything else. And first touchdown scores, first basket scores. Um, I checked. I checked all my accounts yesterday from the betting that's from you know this started up in April in Canada, and I'm a little bit ahead. So. I mean, am I a big winner at this stuff? No, but um, I, you know, I cash often enough to, to not lose much, anyways. And I, I think I was like a couple thousand bucks ahead, with you know, the action was probably into the twenties of thousands, but because uh, I bet pretty much every day. But um, it's you know, I guess the thing is just always looking to demanding a price and shopping around. Like I have five sites, and if I'm gonna go make a bet, I check all five of them and get the best price. Yeah, that's true. You know, I'm, I'm kind of getting bad at that lately. I've got all these different accounts, but to be fair, I have finally found that MGM, well, to be fair, first and foremost, with all the different companies I work for, Garnett, there's only so many companies of sportsbooks I can even have accounts with. Right, right. <laughs> so the, one of the few ones for me, luckily, that I can have is MGM and Borgata. Um, I think I can have those. I don't know. Someone probably listening to this. One of my employers is probably going to email me tomorrow and say, by the way, you cannot actually have that account. Oh, darn, I have to close it. But <laughs> I think I can. And, uh, their, their reward system and, you know, just their betting interfaces, I'm very satisfied with. So, you know, lately, honestly, I've been pretty content to just stick with their p- platform and just kind of take whatever price they give me. But, uh, yeah, I guess, especially for someone like you that doesn't have, uh, work conflicts like I do, I, I think shopping around for, uh, the best possible price is definitely the best angle, especially on games like this. And um, look forward to a good game. Uh, yeah, I think I'm going over to a party here in uh, Maryland to watch the game. And, um, you know, it seems like every year I kind of bounce between either hosting the party or going over to someone's place. But I'm kind of thinking, funnily enough, through it all, I, there's really been nobody consistent. I've watched the Super Bowl with for years. It's always been different people through college times and even high school and yeah. whatever else. And just uh, totally different groups of friends. It feels like every year. And this year's a totally different new one as well. But, uh 
Either way, football's universal language and the halftime show, and we'll look forward to a good game coming up next Sunday. We'll look forward to wishing Josh Allen good luck this weekend at the uh, Pebble Beach. And hopefully, Garnett, we've given out some winning picks here for Woodbine Mohawk this Saturday. Yeah, forget Josh Allen. Just wish Kurt Kurtiyama or whatever his name is good luck so I can win 900. I'll try to Kurt Kitayama to win uh, Kurt Kitayama to win the Pebble Beach on the professional side, amateur side. Josh Allen can win or whatever. You know, we, we can't bet the amateurs, I guess. So you know, no. we'll just have to. If you can bet the amateurs, we know you'd have some Josh Allen money going, oh, right? For sure. Try, I got to try and get back the money. I bet I'm to win the MVP, which was several hundred, and at one point he was even money after about the fourth or fifth week. That was heart, kind of heartbreaking too. But you know what? Got to wash that season away. A lot of weird stuff happened to the Bills that just. Yeah. And when what Von Miller went down, they were kind of cooked, I think. What did the Bills start at in the beginning of the playoffs to win the Super Bowl? Just curious if you know the number. Uh, they were a second choice behind Kansas City. Kansas City was, I think it was like plus 300 to plus 350, something like that. So what's funny to me is, is that, and I think you and I discussed this on this exact show at that point in time, after the week one win against the defending champion Rams, of course, ended up being no good, the Bills slipped all the way down to plus 550 to win the Super Bowl. So I returned to what I asked then four months ago, which is if you wanted that, that then was it really worth the extra plus 200 you got between now and, or, you know, between then and now with everything that could have happened and did happen over the next four months. And for that matter, it probably was a time during the year you probably could have gotten higher than plus 550. I mean, I just, I'm always intrigued by those kind of bets. Yeah. It's, uh, if I'm betting that early, I'm taking a longer price. Like, you know, Philadelphia was probably in the 15 to 20 to one range, maybe at the start of the season. I don't know. I don't think they were that highly regarded. So maybe yeah, I think Niners and the Eagles were the ones you did want early. Um, yeah. Either win the Super Bowl or I, win the NFC I don't want to chalk early. It's just, it's especially in the NFL, it's just so hard to win. And so many things happen. Like look at all the stuff that happened to the bills. Right. And I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying that's the reality. Like they're having games move because of uh, blizzards. They had Allen injured. Um, Von Miller go down. They had Demar Hamlin die in the field. Like, there's so many things happen. Do you really want to chalk and see week one or two? I don't. Yeah, I don't think you would. But uh, either way, Garnett, uh, that'll wrap us up. We will uh, thank you as always for coming on the show here this week, and uh, we'll look forward to you coming back sometime soon. Okay, Glad Hatter. I invite all the listeners to check out my picks at drfharness.com and uh, myself, Mike Verbosi, who's one of the hosts of this show. Um, Melissa, Melissa Keith and Mike Carter also handicap all the B tracks in Ontario at the Ontario Racing website, the tips from the pros section. And so check those things out. And uh, yeah, check out Nahu Picks as always. Mike Proposi, always great content on there for the weekend racing action and uh, every other day of the week as well. And with that, racing fans, we will wish you the best of luck this weekend, whatever you're wagering on, be it some uh, sports or some uh, racing action, either the thoroughbreds or the harness racing, whatever you're betting on this weekend. Hope all your bets are winning ones. And we'll talk to you next week on First Over with Sin Hatter.